my skull felt too heavy to lift from the pillow beneath my head. Everything was much too warm and moist from an invisible sheen of sweat that coated the entire length of my body, as deep sleep tends to do. The effort it took for me to detach my eyelids from one another, nearly pushed me back into the embrace of slumber again. Rays of light crept into my eyes, crusted over from sleep, and made them well up with tears. I inhaled sharply as the bright light shined upon me, consuming my gaze. A loud voice shouted abruptly from someplace below me as the weight of many hands and pairs of eyes began to travel across the length of my body. John, sweetheart, another voice called out. My vision blurred, then sharpened around the soft face of an older woman who was seated just beside me. Her smile was warm her yellow hair almost translucent in the golden sunlight that streamed steadily into the space from the open windows behind her. Do you remember where you are? She inquired, wiping the sleep from my face with a damp washcloth. I turned my head slightly to survey the room that enveloped me. Aside from the myriad of wide-eyed faces who gazed upon me in silence from different corners of the room, there was also the bed upon which I lay. A dresser stood against the wall opposite the windows, and a small wooden desk sat beside the heavy door. It was a small room, really, yet it felt as though the entire world was contained within its bounds. John, how are you? How do you feel? The woman asked again. I felt my mouth curl into something like a frown before I even recognized that I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. As the pressure within my skull lessened, I managed to muster up enough strength to prop myself up atop the damp pillows. It took me a few moments to regain some degree of control over my breathing. The other faces in the room then began to introduce themselves to me in hushed tones. They all wore deep furrows and creases between their brows and upon their foreheads, planting kisses upon my face and hands with utmost delicacy. It felt as though they were afraid that I'd crumble into a hundred pieces or wither away under the pressure of their love. Some introduced themselves to me as cousins, some as aunts, some as neighbors all smiling softly. An older gentleman in a black suit appeared at the foot of my bed once the sunlight had melted away a bit. My head had begun to feel much heavier at that point, along with an incredible pressure that made itself present in my core. The gentleman pressed a metal sort of disc onto my chest and asked me to stay very silent as he listened to something within me that I could not hear myself. He seemed upset with whatever it was that he heard, and put his instruments away gruffly without looking into my eyes. Will he be alright? The woman with the yellow hair inquired. I would soon come to remember that this woman was my mother. I'm afraid. The gentleman began, I don't know what to say. He seems fine. There's nothing particularly strange about him that I can see, but... My mother frowned as his voice tapered off into nothing save for the cacophony of insect song beyond the cracked windows. I rattled out a shaky breath, my little head sinking deeper and deeper into the pillows beneath my head. My mother rushed over to me and pulled me into her arms making the world spin. But it will happen again? She asked, 
knowingly. I opened my eyes wide, demanding answers without words. The older gentleman dropped his arms at his sides, clearly at a loss, before removing the hat from atop his head. I'm sorry, he said, there's no way for me to know. But I'd recommend that you prepare, should it happen again, or rather, when, it happens again. Sleep washed over me again, as I lay in the embrace of one of my mother's prayers a few nights after the doctor's visit. I spent three days and nights awake listening to the sound of creatures and things, big and small, beyond my window. My cousins read stories to me when they stopped by, and my mother held me close. She spun tales of sweet things I couldn't quite understand, even recounting a number of cherished memories I didn't remember. Those were golden days. Then, there was nothing for a long while. It was a scream that tore through my body when I awoke next. Like a bell rung, I resounded in its shrill hum as it coursed through my veins, thick with blood not quite accustomed to traveling. The sound of it made my ears ring for the whole time that it took my mother to rise from her aching knees at the foot of the bed and reach my side. Once I blinked through the film of sleep that clouded my vision, my once golden mother placed a warm palm upon my damp forehead with a hardly consoling smile. The worried crease upon her brow had since deepened into a permanent feature of her skin, which lined with worry. Worry for me, I gathered. I turned my stiff neck to greet the faces of the cousins and aunts and neighbors I vaguely remembered, but to my surprise, I found an empty candlelit room that was somehow smaller than how I imagined it. My lips trembled, dry and unaccustomed to being used as they were, as I attempted to use them to form shapes that would permit coherent feelings to escape the confines of my mind. The slurred nonsense that escaped my mouth, however, only succeeded in upsetting my lone mother further. Tears ran silently down her sunken cheeks as she gazed down at me with something that felt vaguely like remorse. The moonlight was not as forgiving as the golden light of my recollections had been. I tried as I had in the past, to lift myself, to not be facing the ceiling so directly. To my surprise, however, the muscles in my arms felt weak. My stomach felt like a ball filled with some kind of tingling sensation. Everything screamed inside as I attempted to shift my weight. It all felt so much heavier. Come on John, my mother groaned as she pulled me into a sitting position, you're alright. My nerves itched as they awakened, not unlike a burning sensation as I settled into the new position. I took the room in, piece by piece, as my head wobbled unsteadily upon my neck. The small desk beside the door remained, along with the dresser that loomed opposite the closed windows. Upon the bed, however, was a body that I did not know. The toes I saw nearly reached the iron frame at the foot of my bed. The hands on my lap, much bigger than the ones I remembered having. I began to feel a wave of unease crash over me as my mother sighed where she stood beside the windows. She had gathered her rosary and prayer book up into the crook of her arm. You're a big boy now, all grown up. 
She practically whispered to herself. I suppose she was right. The tree limbs beyond the glass cast strange shadows like fingers across my arms and thighs, which were lined with stretch marks the shade of milk. My thoughts felt cloudy as the blood gradually rushed down from my head to the rest of my being. Something hot and prying, like a seed, sprouted and split within my chest, then, anger. My chest heaved quick and hard, dragging my breath along with it. The dry rims of my eyelids burned as tears welled up within, then upon them. Something like a moan poured from my lips then, drawing her swollen eyes back towards me. My mother pulled her bottom lip into her mouth so as not to cry as she unlatched the window directly before her. As though the fresh air would somehow purify the quick fear that had caught hold of my spirit. How could I have grown so much? How long had I been asleep this time? The sound, my sound, filled my entire being like the thrum of her scream upon my awakening. It felt comforting in a way, as though I were really doing something of my own accord. It almost felt like being held, grounded in a hum of my own, a sound of my own making. My throat began to feel raw on the fourth day that I was awake. My mother spent a great deal of time whispering beyond the heavy door directly across from where I sat waiting. The words she shared so fervently were with the older gentleman from the last time, who had listened to my insides. They said things I could not make out through the thick wooden slab, but which made them sad when they caught me looking to them for some explanation. Consolations always cost something. Sometimes, my listening to the sound of the birds and bugs and bells beyond the glass felt like the gift that it was, but other times it made me feel as though I was nothing. A visitor, sitting in on this life which was not my own. When my eyes began to grow heavy on the sixth day, I welcomed its presence as a blessing of sorts. Finally, a familiar sensation, or perhaps a lack of any sensations at all. The darkness of slumber, devoid of this angry seed, set a bloom within my chest. Devoid also, of the worry etched into the skin of my mother's face. This time, she did not cradle me in her arms as she had before. No one came to read me any stories or offer words of hope as they had once for a small boy, experiencing something quite new and startling. Perhaps there were more instances that I cannot remember now. Although as I settled into my sleep realm, I did hear one whispered a prayer for her little John, as well as a hushed goodbye. Sleep well my boy, deeply, with our Lord. To open your eyes in a room so dark, that you lose the ability to tell whether or not you opened them at all, is just about as disembodying of an experience that one can have. For an instant, I wondered whether my mother had placed some cloth over my eyes to ease me into a sort of waking state this time. But there was no pressure that I could feel, of something having been laid across my face. I then began to wonder about the condition of my small room, and why it suddenly looked so dark. But it was evident that I wasn't in my bed at all. There was a hard surface beneath my body, which had been laid flat across the length of it. I tried to move my legs, still fuzzy with the static of sleep, 
and kicked some sort of wall. I then recognized the sound of my quick breaths. The air felt closed, in a manner of speaking. How could there be no light at all? I wondered. My head rose with some effort in a fit of panic and crashed into a surface just as hard as the one beneath me. No, this wasn't my room at all. No windows, no small desk beside the heavy door, no dresser standing watch over my mother and me. Where was my mother? Who left me here? Rather, what was this here that I lay within? As my breathing grew more panicked, my head started to feel lighter in a peculiar way. I felt weak, and so I laid my body flat again as I had awakened, so as to think for a bit. It was at this moment, that I felt the strange pressure around my numb fingers, as well as the soft flesh of my wrist. With my other hand, which was also folded across my chest, in a manner most unfamiliar to me, I caressed the strange source of pressure only to realize that it was some sort of string. A string that became taut when I pulled it straight back toward where my face lay in the impenetrable dark. The sound of those birds and bugs and bells from beyond the glass windows of my shrinking room suddenly returned to me as my chest heaved with something both incredibly cold and burning, not unlike fear. It must be a bell then, I mused. Many of the headstones beside our little house had them, to ensure that no one was put to rest before their time. I recalled the apprehension on the old gentleman's face, who had listened to my insides, and what the words he must have fervently whispered back to my tired mother behind the heavy door the last time I was awake must have been. A bell, I thought, as my fingers tugged once, twice, three times, four, on the string so tightly wound about my wrist. Someone was bound to hear it. Someone would think it strange and call for help. That was when I remembered again, the sound of the birds and bugs and, the bells. If it was a windy day, it wouldn't only be this bell ringing through the field, crowded with graves like baby teeth, poking through the soft earth. It would be only one soft twinkling amongst many, Yet still, I pulled. I pulled until my arm collapsed back upon the hardwood again, unable to muster up the strength to pull anymore. Even then, I could not tell the difference between the darkness of my grave and the darkness of my own closed eyes. I called out for someone to hear me. Someone. Anyone. My voice trailed off into the same dark abyss as my grave. In my final moments, I could hear the distinct tolling of a large bell. I knew the sound well. It was the belfry. It rang to announce the death of a loved one. It was the death toll. But now, the bell tolls, for me.